We have so much deception coming and upon us in this period of time. We can expect to see that because as we grow closer to the return of Jesus, that wickedness gets worse and worse, says the Apostle Paul. Jesus warned us that they would come saying they are Christians, but they will deceive you. Don't let them deceive you. It's really usually pretty easy if you just pay attention. You can tell which ones are Christians and which ones are not. For example, a man came to our house this week to do some extermination. He mentioned something about God putting him in this extermination job. And then, I didn't say anything, and then he said to me, you can always hope that the mice that you have seen will go to a neighbor's house whom you hate. I was shocked, and I said, but I don't have any neighbors that I hate. That was so evil. This man identified himself to me as a minister, and as a Christian, and even as a minister. And he tried to tell me about all the places he had gone to be a minister from city to city with a friend whom he says is a prophet. And I stopped him. I said, but how do you know you are a minister? How exactly did God reveal to you that you are to be a minister? Are you an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher? For that's what the ministers are in the Bible. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11-12, that Jesus gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, is that what you are? And he just went blank. And then he said to me, I don't know how I know. I said, well, how did God tell you that you're a minister? How did he show you that you are a minister? And he said, I, I can't tell you. I don't know. Which means he's not a minister. And then I said, I don't even see evidence that you are a Christian. For you came in here speaking such evil things. You shouldn't even be telling anyone you are a Christian with that kind of speaking. And he said, oh, it was just a joke. And I said, no, it wasn't just a joke. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You've got this in your heart. And you said it to me. It's an evil. You should not even be identifying yourself as a Christian, until you get your mouth under control. And I took him to James chapter 1. We'll look at that. It's verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious, he seemed to be religious until he spoke. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. And that's exactly what this man was. It is also Antichrist. 
opposite to what God tells us to do in the Bible. According to the Bible, in the days before Jesus returns, deception will be rampant. Jesus even told his own disciples in Matthew 24 that one of the first signs of the end times was people coming saying they were Christians while they are not, and they deceive many. Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5, Jesus says, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. They will come saying they are Christians, and they will deceive many, because most people do not watch for the signs which establish whether or not that person is really a Christian. One of the main things that shows us a Christian is Romans 8, chapter four, uh, verse 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. This man, when I ask him, how do you know you're a minister? How did God reveal this to you? He couldn't tell me. He is not led by the Spirit of God. And then he speaks the things that no Christian should speak. He shows what he really is. I think most of the times people show what they really are. They come quoting scripture, and you think they're of God. The other day, God said to Pam Paget concerning the car salesman that we worked with last week, he came quoting scripture. And Pam thought, well, maybe he is a Christian. And God said, even the devil quotes scripture. And she said, that's right. That's in Matthew chapter 4. The devil quoted scripture to Jesus. Jesus said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So the devil picks up on it, and the next time he says something that tempts Jesus, he said, it's written. God will give his angels guard over you. So prove your God. Jump down from this temp, uh, tall building. Prove that you're God. And Jesus said, it's also written that you should not tempt the Lord your God. Devils come quoting scripture. The fact that a man quotes scripture does not mean he's a Christian. I have a very difficult time even finding a Christian today. Pam Paget's a Christian. How do I know? I have watched her for years. We worked on books together with Amazon. I published with Amazon, and Pam had to do technical work on publishing the book. She would run into a problem. She didn't run to me and say, I have a problem. She turned to God in prayer and said, I have a problem. She was shown by God how to correct the problem. She corrected the problem. And then sometimes she would tell me, I had a problem with this, but God showed me to do such and such, and it corrected the problem. See, that there is your Christian. It's the one who turns to God in prayer and hears from God and follows him. That's a strong evidence of Christian. The churches are filled with what I call antichrist Christians. They go in an opposite way from God while calling themselves Christians. And the churches just eat it up and receive them all. 
but they don't understand us when we talk. They don't understand scripture. If you are a real Christian and you talk to them, you know that you're troubled by what they say and do. You think you're supposed to forgive them, so you spend your time forgiving them, when in reality what you're supposed to do is withdraw from them. After the first and second time that you warn them, if they don't do it, then just avoid them. Uh, that scripture is in Titus chapter 3. Look at verses 10 and 11. A man that is an heretic. A heretic is one who turns from the power of the truth from the scriptures and will not do them. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. When you take a word from God to that man and he can't understand what you're saying, you have to understand that man is not being taught by God. If he were being taught by God, he would understand what you're saying. Just walk away from him. You can't teach him. If God doesn't choose to teach him, there's nothing you can do. When you have tried and he can't understand what you're saying, he does not belong to God. You can warn him one time or two times, but if he rejects your godly warning, know that he is an heretic and just reject him. Turn him loose, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. I did that with my cousin. She was 97 years old, Church of Christ member, been in the Church of Christ since she was a baby, diligently went to Church of Christ meetings every week. She told me, she said, oh, I do well in the day, but I'm so lonely at night. And I got excited. I said, oh, you can be helped. Turn to God in prayer and just ask him to help you. And I gave her Philippians 4, 6, 7 in order to show her grounding in the word where that's what we're supposed to do. Next time she talked to me, she said, I do well during the day, but I get so lonely in the evenings. I just walked away from her. I don't even know if she's still living. A man that is an heretic who rejects the godly warning that you give him, that in, who rejects the godly instruction that you give him, if he turns away from it and won't do it and just continues in his sin, for it is a sin not to turn to God with your problems. When you fail to pray, that's a sin. You're trying to make man your God by taking your problems to man. You should be turning to God. That is a sin against God. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he that is such, he's subverted and he sins being condemned of himself. He condemns his own self by refusing to do the godly instruction. Walk away from him. You can't help him. He may even be turned over by God to a reprobate mind if he ever did know God. Most of them don't ever know God in the first place. They just went forward and were baptized and joined the church. 
They never heard from God. They weren't changed by his spirit, and they were not given his spirit. And they sat in the church today thinking they are Christians, and they are not Christians. It's, the churches are filled with people like that. Jesus said in the last days, many would come in his name saying, saying that they are Christians, and they will deceive many. Don't be deceived by them because they will pull you down. They will cast their cares on you. You will become their God unknowingly. And you will begin to feel so burdened by them and their troubles. And you will try to pray and you don't know what to pray. Does this sound right? Does this sound like what's been going on in your life? And you just have such worry and concern over them. You may not even make it out of the great tribulation yourself because when it comes Jesus comes before the great tribulation and he will take the real followers who live in peace without spot and blameless he will take them off the earth some of the elect will be left will be there on the earth during the great tribulation because we read about the elect of God in Revelation we also read about it in Matthew 24 Jesus said if the days were not shortened, there would be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, the days will be shortened. So we know there's going to be an elect of God on the earth during the Great Tribulation. You don't want to be one of those. In order to be taken off this earth, I believe you have to do what Peter said. Be found of Jesus when he comes. Be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. That is in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Well, if you are trying to get that person who says he's a Christian, if you're trying to get him to turn to God in prayer so he won't be troubled, you're going to be troubled. And when you're troubled, if Jesus comes at that split second, you might not be taken off this earth. You want to keep yourself continually in peace through prayer. So that's an extremely important instruction. So those who won't do this, do what it says in Titus chapter 3. After the first and second warning, just walk away from them. Avoid their path. Don't go in the place where they're likely to be. Don't call them and ask them how they're doing. They're not going to be doing well anyway. Don't write to them and encourage them. Stay away from them. Don't go in their path where you think they're going to be. Avoid them. This is what we do to protect ourselves. Live in peace, and you cannot live in peace with them. They will trouble you every time they talk. Now, some of you know people like that. You've got to free yourself. Here are some more scriptures to consider. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That is 1 Corinthians 2.14. You cannot reach them. John 6.45 It is written in the prophets, They shall all be taught of God. Every one of us who belong to God are taught by God. Every one of us. We are given the Holy Spirit. 
when we believe in God, when he reveals himself to us and we believe in him, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. That is in Ephesians 1. It is written in the prophets, they shall all be taught of God, Jesus says. We are taught of God by his Spirit. He is continually guiding us, leading us, teaching us, showing us things to come. That is in John chapter 14, verse 26, and John chapter 16, verse 13. The four things the Holy Spirit does for the believer. We have an example of Peter in Matthew 16. Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And some disciples said, you're John the Baptist, and some said, you're Elijah. And he said, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjonas, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you. You haven't heard this from any man. You've heard from God the Father. That's the way we are who are born of God. It's not that we heard it from a human God taught us. He put it in our heart. He taught us the truth. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And Jesus said upon this rock of the revealed word from God, will I build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. That's because the word that's given to us by God, by his Spirit, when we do that word, nothing can destroy it. The gates of hell shall not prevail against that word that is revealed to us by God. Those men who are taught by other men deceive themselves. We must be taught by God by the Spirit. These are the real Christians. As many as who follow the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans eight fourteen. From now to the return of Jesus, we must avoid deceptive persons in the churches. We must avoid deceptive persons who identify themselves as Christians, knowing the deception is a part of their way of life and can really damage us. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. If you're just accepting that everybody at your church group is a Christian, you are really deceived. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. Jesus says, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Listen to what they say. Watch what they do. You'll see wrongdoing if you belong to God. You'll see it. And when you see it, you've got to stay away from them. They'll eat you alive. Now, we don't have to hate them. Of course, we don't hate them. But we are wise about it. And we are as harmless but that doesn't mean we go among a wolf and let him eat us. The devil as a roaring lion seeketh whom he may devour. 
You don't go among a roaring lion and let him eat you. This is what it's like. This is a time when it is a perilous time. As Paul said it would be in the last days, perilous times will come. 2 Timothy chapter 3. There you, there's a saying of the world, if you can't say anything good about someone, don't say anything at all. And that is a false statement. In the Bible, we have warning after warning of people warning about others who do evil. The epistles of Paul are filled with warnings to the church about other people. Paul said you have to be careful. This is in Titus chapter 1 because he said especially of the circumcision. That's especially of the Jews who are Christians because they go about saying things that they ought not to say for filthy lucre's sake. Beware, beware. So you see that old saying is false. Paul said in one section of scripture, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. Beware of him. Jesus said beware when he sent his disciples out. He said beware of men for they will cast you into prison. Beware of the Jews in the synagogues, he said. Now it's beware of the Christians. Paul and them had to fight against the Jews. We have to fight because so many Christians are Antichrist. Antichrist Christians. They are in the churches. You can't afford to sit there and let them gobble you up. And when you see one, you have to warn the other people about that person. You can't go by that worldly saying. We are supposed to warn each other. And that's what we have to do. And in 1 Corinthians 5, it even tells us, judge the church, don't judge the world, but judge the church. Paul said, if there's anyone that comes among you who's a brother, who's a fornicator, or covetous, idolater, a railer, drunkard, extortioner, don't even eat with him, don't keep company with him, put him away from you. You might not have the power to put him out of your church group, but you have the power to keep him out of your own house. You have the power not to eat with him, not to try to share scripture with him, to avoid him, to avoid his path, to avoid those places where he goes. You have the power to do that, to protect yourself. And you can warn other Christians about him. There was a person, a man in our own Bible class at the church I attended at Word of Faith in Dallas. He was teaching our Bible class while he was committing fornication. I found out about his girlfriend. None of us knew he had a girlfriend. He was a divorced man, and none of us knew he had a girlfriend. I went to him when someone mentioned his girlfriend, a secular person who owned a coffee shop, mentioned Don, his girlfriend. I went to him, and I said, what about this girlfriend? He just beat around the bush. And I said, are you having sexual intercourse with this woman? He said, of course. I said to him, oh, you know the Bible as well as I do. First Corinthians chapter 5. You know the Bible as well as I do. I can't have anything to do with you anymore. I can't come to your Bible class. I can't associate with you. He said, 
That's right. He didn't care. That was our teacher. But even if he hadn't been a teacher, even if he had just been a person in the class, when a man commits adultery, even with a prostitute, when he commits sex and he has sexual intercourse, even with a prostitute, he becomes one flesh with that prostitute. First Corinthians 6, Paul warned them, flee fornication. Every sin that a man committeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. First Corinthians chapter 6, Paul warned them, even if you have sex with an harlot, you become one flesh with that woman. It's just incredible how awful things are in the churches. In the churches. You must not allow yourself to be gobbled up by these Antichrist Christians. If there's any hypocrisy at all coming from the mouth of that person who says he's a Christian, you've got a warning about that person. If he has any hypocrisy, hypocrisy is play-acting, where they act one way, but they really think another way. If you come across hypocrisy in them, you have to be warned about that person. If they show no mercy at all toward the body of Christ, the real body of Christ. We were looking for a new car, and the car salesman quickly identified himself as a Christian and quoted scripture to us. He left us sitting out in the sun, the hot sun, for two hours while they did paperwork. He showed no mercy. He showed no charity. He dealt with us in a deceptive way. And something was really wrong with that man inside him because I wanted to look at one other car before I made a decision on this car he was selling. And he said, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. How can I convince you not to go look at that car? And I said, you can't. I'm going to go drive. We're going to drive that car. I don't drive anymore, but Pam drives. And I said, we're driving that car. We went to that car to drive it. But I, to I told the car salesman, we'll call you from the car, other car dealer. He said, oh, no, don't do that. And I said, why not? And he couldn't answer me. See, he was deceptive inside. He was crooked. And it showed. And I said, well, why not? There's absolutely nothing wrong with us calling you from that car dealer to tell you what we think concerning that car compared to your car. He finally admitted I was right. There was nothing wrong. But he had something wrong inside him. This car salesman did. And as we left the business, he insisted on praying over us. I was really upset. Later, I turned to God and I just said, I don't like that at all, that man praying over us. I felt it was dirty, unclean, fake, hypocritical, all of the above. I've seen them do this before. A man at the Bridge Center, who's Church of Christ, oh, he loved to pray before we had our luncheons. And they let him pray. I watched him. He started out like, bow your heads. And I didn't bow my head. I watched him. And the other people, I suppose, for the most part, bowed their head. I watched him. 
As soon as they bowed their head, he pulled a note card out of his pocket and began preaching a sermon, basically, to the people in the room who went to, for the most part, churches. Almost everybody at the Bridge Center went to some church. But he was going to preach to them. It wasn't a prayer to God. It got to the point when we were getting ready to have a luncheon, I just got up and went to the restroom and prayed to God and stayed away until this man finished his long prayer. I told the director at the Bridge Center, who was a Baptist, I said, I can't believe you all let that John pray. It's awful. And she said, yes, it is. And I said, I just go to the restroom and pray to God while he's praying, supposedly praying in here with you. Well, I saw what he did. That was what this car salesman was like. Don't be deceived by Antichrist Christians. They're everywhere. We'll close with Second Timothy chapter 3. Paul says, This know also that in the last days perilous times will come. That's exactly where we are now. And I know Paul is talking about the churches because he says they're always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's because God is not teaching those people. They put themselves into the church by their own will. They do not have the Spirit of God. Paul says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. We had a church person, we had a person among us, and at first she seemed fine, but she got so cold toward the end of 39 years. And when I talked to her about things of God, she grew stone cold dead and quiet. But the minute I talked to her about some television program, she came alive and jumped into the conversation and began telling me who had married whom and which actress was evil and which one was this and that. She was looking into it. She was a lover of pleasure more than a lover of God. She got to where she didn't want to even hear things of God. She's not with us anymore. I believe she was returned over to a reprobate mind. Romans chapter 1. Because they refused to keep God in their knowledge and the way of God and the scriptures, they're turned over to a reprobate mind. And a reprobate mind is a mind without God's judgment. They're, they're everywhere. They were in our church group. They're in church groups everywhere. You have to be aware of them. You have to know which ones they are, and you have to avoid those people. Verse 6, For this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Don't we see people that run from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting, and they are never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, which is often as simple as doing Philippians 4, chapter, uh, verse 6. In everything, 
Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. They don't do that. They let troubles pile up on them. They tell you about their troubles. One man visited me one time, a church guy. He visited me one time, and he said, well, it's so nice to be around a godly woman. And he said, but it's good for you, too, to be around me because you can tell your troubles to me. I said, I don't tell my troubles to people. He said, you don't? What do you do? And I said, well, I tell them to God. And he said, oh. He probably wasn't a Christian. See, these people don't know any of these things about God. Now, as Janice and Jamborees withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. After they resisted it once or twice, you know they're a heretic. So don't try to teach them anymore. They're men of corrupt minds, says Paul, reprobate concerning the faith. Then in verse 13, Paul says what's going to happen in the future. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And Jesus says, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear, and let the others go their own way. That's Matthew eleven fifteen. So in these days, don't keep trying to teach them over and over. It won't work. And they will come saying they're Christians. We had two realtors. One realtor we hired and the other was her assistant. The young realtor told me immediately she was a Christian. And I thought, uh-oh. And she said the other realtor was a Christian. Neither of them, to me, were following God. They were just doing what was wise in their own eyes and suggested doing things to my house in Texas, which I did not allow them to do. I finally let them do one thing, which is called staging, where you put furniture in the house. It cost us $3,000 for them to do this because they said they needed the furniture to show the house. I let them do it for six months. The house did not sell. The house was on the market for a year and a half. We only rented the furniture for six months. As soon as they removed the furniture, they had two offers on the house for people who saw it without the furniture. That's how deceived these women were, realtors. But I wasn't deceived, although I did let them do it because... They're supposed to be the professional, and I let them do it. It was a mistake. I shouldn't have ever let them do it. Now, one of them, one day, let us know something, and this is awful. They had a Catholic realtor in their real estate company. She took an image over and buried it in my flower bed. So it would enable her to pray for the house to sell. An image, some type of image that she buried in the flower bed at my house. When I heard about it, I said, that's witchcraft. The young realtor said, oh, I didn't know that was witchcraft. She said she's a Christian. She didn't know anything. She wasn't a Christian. She was one of the churchgoers that was baptized in water and did not have the Spirit of God in her. She did what was wise in her own eyes. 
She did as well as she could do as a fleshly human being, but she wasn't a Christian. She was not following God. Well, they got that image out of there that same day. That scared her to death when I told her it was witchcraft. And she did get rid of that. Eventually, these two, two realtors said, we've decided it's time for us to part ways. They got mad at Pam because Pam wouldn't go along with something they wanted to do. So they got mad at her and got rid of us. I got a realtor the very same day to represent the house, and the house sold in two days. There are just so many people that say they are Christians, and they are not. And we have to beware of this. And when we see it, we avoid them. We have to avoid them. This is Joan Boney speaking. Most of the scriptures are written for you on our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. If you will go to our blog, you can see this podcast. You can pull up the podcast. You can rehear it if you need to. You can see all of the scriptures and think on them. The blog again, the name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.